are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. noon on the day before the day before and that can only mean one thing it's time to go inside the electric factory Euler emotes here with you on a Friday afternoon on what's been a uh, a hectic week mozi yeah very eventful man a ton of stuff has transpired this week and it's funny man we're now just excited that it's time for a game a game is gonna be here in right like less than 48 hours essentially man so that's the positive. And, man, for us media guys, we've enjoyed every aspect of it. It hasn't been a dull moment at all this week. No. No, not not at all. It's been a, it's been a crazy week. It's been a whirlwind week uh, from an injury standpoint, from a trade acquisition point. Uh, just a, a whole lot going on with your Pittsburgh Steelers. But now, finally, on the day before the day before, it feels like we get to really turn the page, focus, Start looking at San Francisco, which I guess we did a little bit yesterday, but now it's more about the matchup on Sunday as opposed to what's transpired this week. Absolutely. And for the players, they're thinking the same thing. For them, they have to be excited that they're finally able to close this last day of practice out and then go ahead and hit the road and get ready to just focus on winning this game, not having to answer the questions about Big Ben, not having to answer the questions about Mason Rudolph, not having to answer the questions about Minka Fitzpatrick, not having to ask the que- answer the questions in terms of what could have been with that first-round draft pick. Right. For them, they could just solely focus on playing. And for those guys, if they want to make it even more silence, if you want to make it even more quiet, less questions, just go out there and win. You go out there and win, you don't have to answer any of this stuff. You just keep doing what you do. So it's definitely a great thing for those guys. And let's start there, Arthur Moats. So it's no secret. I'm not breaking any news here. The Steelers are 0-2. And we know what the percentages of NFL teams who start out the season 0-2 making the playoffs. And obviously, if you go to 0-3, that number drops even more. I, I do like how that's such a media thing. Y'all play into those percentages so much. Hey, oh and two start. Oh my gosh. Hey you. Oh and three hey, start. You media now too, buddy. I'm just saying. I've been. I've been player longer than media, so I'm getting <laughs> used to this media thing. But that killed. Man, you know those percentages, man. When when a team starts this, when they start, I'm like, is that your so? is that your Han Solo, your Harrison Ford? Never tell me the odds. Hey man, I I never cared about the odds. We always. I feel like as athletes, you always believe that regardless of the odds, your odds are always in your favor. You For know? sure. And especially this early in the season, yeah. right? But not not according to the statistics. So keep keep going with you. <laughs> well, no, when, when it gets to zero and three, all, it, it's like thirty <laughs> percent. Oh no, I think it's I think it's way less than that. Uh, Sunday, is it as simple as all right? The Steelers have to win, and the show goes on. Uh, if they lose, it's almost like all right, you've got one foot in the grave already. Is it that simple? I personally don't think it is. I think a win would definitely do wonders for this team. But at the same time, I don't think a loss would ultimately kill their confidence and kill their hopes of this season being a success. I think what it really comes down to is the quality of play. Um, When you look at how they lost the first two games, we could all agree that the quality of play in week two is drastically different than the quality of play in week one. In fact, people felt a lot better. Now, minus Ben getting hurt 
at the time. But people felt a lot better walking out of that Seahawks game and how it ended versus walking out of that Patriots game and how that ended. So I think in terms of this San Fran game, it's going to be a similar thing. For them to go out there and win, it would be an, an amazing feat, especially thinking about everything they had to overcome this week and going and doing it with a young quarterback on the road. But in terms of if they aren't su- <clears throat> if they aren't successful, but they go out there and play really well, Mason looks good, the defense looks good, but it just comes down to Garoppolo and that team just executing a little bit better down the uh, down the pipe. Well, then I don't think that the Steelers or fans are going to view that as a lost cause or that, man, the season is really over now. I think it would be, I think it would be a bit of a mixed bag. Mm. Um, You certainly would have a group of fans that would look and say, Hey, in light of everything that's transpired, right? You lose your quarterback, you bring in a guy now, and, and yes, Mason got over a half of football last week, but right. now it's his first NFL start. Big difference. <laughs> you have moving pieces on the defense. You got a starter moved to IR. You bring in a high pedigree 11th overall pick guy from a year ago. If there's some struggles in, in translation there, and like you said, it just comes down to a very similar situation we saw this past Sunday where it's a back-and-forth game. It could go either way, and the 49ers just make the last play and end up winning the game. I do think they'll be part of the fan base that'll say, okay, this is a good, as much as now you're 0-3, you almost look at it as a, a, a new starting point, right? Absolutely. And, and this is a fine starting point. Uh, but I also think there's going to be a lot of people that come out of the woodwork and we're 0-3, this is unacceptable. The standard is the standard, point blank, period. I mean, haven't they been saying that, though? Hey, man, this is unacceptable. The standard is the standard. Well, we got a lot of flack on Monday. Right. When we were when we were kind of dropping our standards and everyone was hashtagging us in Mason We Trust on Twitter, at Wesley Euler, at TheBody52. TheBody. But honestly, man, you have to understand when it comes to these type of situations, as much as we talk about the standard being the standard, as I said on Monday, the expectation – does not still remain the expectation. I think that you have to understand that what people expected from Ben this season was a minimum 4,000 passing, 30, 40 touchdowns, uh, single-digit interceptions. That's what they expected. I don't care who you are right now. You're not going to look yourself in the mirror or look me in the eye and really believe that you expect Mason to have those same type of numbers because if that's the case, that would be the expectation being the expectation, but that's not. We understand that the standard being the standard, meaning that Mason needs to come in and play well. He needs to take care of the ball. He needs to do his job. That's the standard element of it. But I think that people still need to understand and realize that it's still going to be some learning curve with this thing. For the offense as a whole, they have to get used to Mason. And then this is going to be their first time out there on that West Coast playing a team that has had a full week to prepare for Mason. That's drastically different as well team that's coming home and playing you know playing in front of their own fans for the first time and all the emotion and energy that comes with that absolutely so it's it's a lot that is stacked against this Steelers team and that's why it won't be an easy game and that's why I personally feel that if they play well but they fall short it's not a lost cause now if we go out there and they drop an egg I don't think that would surprise too many people just because of everything they went through you would just say that man okay Maybe this is a little bit much for them. They're gonna take, it's gonna take a little bit longer for them to adapt. But I could definitely see them going out there, rallying around this adversity and playing well. But like you said, it's one of those things that when it comes down to execution in those fine moments, who do you think has enough to will their team to win? 
Jimmy Garoppolo or Mason Rudolph. Both of them are fairly young in this league in terms of playing time. Yeah. Jimmy G's not a young guy, but in right, terms but of his NFL body of, games, of work as a what, starter. Seven, eight, maybe I don't think he's at ten right now in total. Yeah, and if he I mean if he's in double digits, he's yeah. just at like ten or Right, because yeah. what he had what two starts in New England? Correct. Five last year before uh, five two years ago when they made the trade. Was it five or six? For some reason I thought it was six, but I thought it was no, it was five. Then he got hurt last year in game one would have right. made six. That's right. Yeah, so then he had two games so far, so he's so at ten. No. Right? Think about it. Two with the Patriots. Uh huh. Five. That's seven. And then one before he got hurt. Right. Is okay. Eight, so that's eight. And then two this year. Yeah. So oh, right, so now yeah, he's yeah. ten now. Yeah. We gotta got to give him that one that he got yeah. hurt in. I, I mean, guess. he got hurt. Man, he got hurt early. I know, but he still started. He's You're still, right. He had, okay. You know, okay. He had the game prep and all, you. all that okay. stuff. Got you. Okay. So so we'll, we'll let that count. Then. <laughs> We're splitting hairs. Here. Yeah. But when I think about that, I mean, in terms of who you believe in more right now, I don't think, I think the jury's still out on Garoppolo. In terms of if he is that franchise quarterback that people think he can be. So those are the things I think it comes down to, man, when, when we talk about this team performing on the road and why I don't necessarily feel that a loss means that it's all over for these guys. I think a win is, is huge, though. Yeah. I I, I mean, because I, I'm with you in the sense that they could not win the game and I could still, you know, Sunday night think – okay, it looks like they're starting to figure it out, like they're going in the right direction. I just don't know if after three weeks, because think about that. You're going into week four, right? At that point, that's your quarter mark into the season. You're 25% of the way into the season. I keep coming back to, again, I I agree with everything that you're saying, and I'm not going to be end of the world doom and gloom if they go out there and play well and come up on the short end. Mm Mm-hmm. But my outlook going forward in terms of realistic possibility of them getting where they want to be would would probably be tweaked, would probably be changed a little bit. Well, because I was going to say, where do you think they want to be right now? Because the goal prior to the season starting was Super Bowl. Yeah. I, I think they want to – I think if you ask them what is their baseline goal, win the division. Okay. Is that fair? See – You think they would say something differently? Well, I just know, like, for us, when I was playing, that it's was... It's never big picture like that, right? It's always yeah, week to, You just want to win week, every week. But, but for us, we never cared in terms of winning the division. Our goal solely was Super Bowl, period. We didn't care about, oh, we won the division. We didn't care about, uh, we're the top two seed. We got home full advantage. We didn't care about anything. It was just win the Super Bowl, period. So anytime we didn't do that, we felt that we did not accomplish what we set out to accomplish. So that's why I'm asking you, from the media perspective or even from a fan perspective, what do you think this team's expectation and goal is right now? I, I'd i be hard-pressed to think that they're all sitting in the locker room still saying <sighs> Super Bowl mm-hmm. because of in, in light of everything that happened this week. Right. I think... And, and and tell me if I'm wrong, but I I do, and it sounds cliche. And like you said, we know uh, the standard and the expectations that the Steelers organization holds themselves to from the very top all the Absolutely. way down to the last guy on the roster. But I think now, again, it, it's just as cliche as it sounds. I sound like a middle school football coach. <laughs> just just go one and zero every week, right? Like that <laughs> has to be the goal. If you're, I think if you're looking any bigger picture than that, mm-hmm. if you're talking about Super Bowl. You're almost doing Mason and I think a lot of guys on that roster a disservice when it shouldn't be about the end, right? It's it's well, it's, it's more is, about the means right now than it is the end. But right? this is my question to you then. 
you say that, but yet you read off a statistic talking about when you start 0-2, your chance of making the playoffs is bad. When you start 0-3, your chance of making the playoffs is bad. If your focus is 1-0 each week, does that really matter? Because essentially you're looking ahead and you're focusing on those playoffs. Right. So that's something like if the goal is always the playoffs, then that's always going to be the conversation. If the goal is the Super Bowl, that's always going to be the conversation. That's what I'm trying to say right there. And the conversation is different between us, you know, on right, microphones, right. right, than it is inside of the the confines Absolutely. there of the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex on the south side. What do you? So let me ask you, what do you think the message is in the locker room? Is it let's just let, week to week, let's let's win every game that we, you know, control what's in front of us and and let everything fall where it, where where it might, or is it still the same Super Bowl expectations message? The the goal is always Super Bowl. Anytime I coach Tom, and that's always going to be the case. And even when guys are hurt, you focus on the week-to-week because you know it's going to get you to the Super Bowl. But not once are you going to hear them change their mind in terms of, hey, the goal now is just to win the division. Oh, sure. The goal now is just to get to the playoffs. But do like, you think they're, they're saying the word Super Bowl down there? Well, this is the thing. Honestly, when we first show up during OTAs, right, this mm-hmm. would be in March. Puts up the Super Bowl trophy. He says, this is what the goal is. Decide once. So when he says decide once, that means regardless of what happens, we should never have to come here and remind you that, hey, guys, we're still going for the Super Bowl. Like, (laughs) no, we don't have to talk about it because we all have committed that the only thing we're focused on this year is being a world championship team. So you don't have to come back. Oh, man, we face some adversity week five. Let's talk about it again. Hey, guys, we face some adversity week 10. Let's talk about it again. Like, nah. So you never hear it. After that, because we all have committed 100% to that. So right, wrong, or indifferent, whatever happens, you're locked into that goal. And anything less than that goal is a failure. And that's the message. That's why you win it. He doesn't have to talk about Super Bowl to Mason because Mason was there doing OTAs. Mason understands that, hey, we got one goal, Super Bowl, and now it's on me to step up and help us make it there. The defenders, they know the same thing. They're thinking, hey. We know that our quarterback is down. We know we're playing with a young quarterback. Now we got to step up to to hold our weight even more to help these guys so that we can all reach our goal, which is the Super Bowl. Here's the analogy that I got for you. I think you'll like this. All right? My, my wife and I, we're getting to that age in life, right? All right? We're not 29 yet. Oh, stop it. But we're staring down 30, all right? We're both 28 Listen, man, years don't old. you be talking about Morgan like she's getting up in years, man. <laughs> well, she, you know, she is, uh, she is uh, a month and 18 days older than me, so she is my cougar. Well, she's very wise. <laughs> <laughs> wise in her old age. There we go. Um, we're getting to that point in life, right, where you're starting to put money aside. You're starting to plan for the future. Right. It's crazy, but, you know, we got we got 401Ks and retirement plans. Uh, like, you sound got, like a grown-up over there, I, man. I know. It's weird. <laughs> we've, we, we've got things that, you know, we want to do for, um, you know, for, for co- money aside for college, right. for our kids in the future, all that different kind of stuff. Absolutely. So say that, you know, whatever, the the goal that Morgan and I, by the time we retire, we wanted to have $100,000 saved. Mm. It's, it's, it's it's more than that. All right, all right, more all right. than $100,000. Hey, hey, I'm following but, you, though. Let's do I'm, it. I'm trying to say it's simple math here, all right? Right, right. Say Morgan and I, you know, all right, well, by the time we retire, you know, when we're in our mid-60s, we want to have $100,000 put away. Yeah. If we every single week, right, mm-hmm. sat there and thought, oh, we got to get to $100,000. Oh, mm-hmm. we got to get to $100,000. Right. Oh, we got to get to... It might seem a little daunting. It might Absolutely. seem like a huge task. Mm-hmm. But if we just chip at it each week, all right, yeah. it, we're going to put $200 one week, $400 the next week, mm-hmm. $300, the $200, yeah. $400, $300. It, it seems more attainable. It doesn't seem as daunting. Right. 
And you never change your goal, though, correct? Correct. Your goal still yeah, stays your goal's the, same, still the same, but you're not necessarily talking about right. it every single day. Because you decided once and you knew you were committed to it 100%. I like it. And that's that's the steal away, man. You decide one time, commit to it 100%, and make it happen. And that's just how it is, man. But that's the way to go about it. If you got to keep reminding yourself, then you really don't believe you can attain that goal. If you have to keep, hey, man, we're, we're trying to get to 100000 again. That's that's still the goal, right? Or is it eighty? Is it 100? Or is it 120 now? Is it 120? Ah, I don't know. Ah, man, it was a rough week. Man, it's taking out of 50. Like, no, decide once. Yep. And that was the biggest thing, man, that that Coach Tomlin talks about. And that's the biggest thing that he's letting those guys know in terms of motivating them, in terms of understanding what it's going to take to accomplish that goal week to week. Go out here and execute. Everybody faces adversity. Everybody has injuries. Everybody has guys that might not play up to par. Okay, next man got to step up. And that's the situation right here, man. So it's an exciting time for Mason especially, though, just because for him, he's going to get a chance to have a di- uh, direct impact on this season's outcome. Whereas in the past, when you're not the guy, when you're you know, hoping out in practice, things like that. You just sit around waiting. Right. And it's like you have a role, but it's not as prominent. Whereas now he's taking the big role. So that's definitely an awesome time for him. Speaking of Mason, what would a win mean? For Mason Rudolph, going forward, confidence-wise, schematics-wise, what would a loss mean as well, too? That's what we'll get into when we return. Euler and Motes on a Friday. You want to chime in on Twitter, at Wesley Euler, at TheBody52. TheBody. Talk a little Mason Rudolph and what a win would mean for number two, who now finds himself as the number one. We'll get into all that when we return. It's Euler and Motes inside the electric factory. It's Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. What would a, me- a win, I should say, what would a win Talk about mean... It. For your Pittsburgh Steelers Sunday afternoon in California at Levi Field, the field of jeans, if you will. What would that mean for the Pittsburgh Steelers? But more specifically, Arthur Motes, what would it mean for the young quarterback, number two, who now finds himself as the number one? What would a victory mean for Mason? Let's start with Mason Rudolph going forward. Man, it'd be huge for Mason, not only from a confidence standpoint, Because when you think about him, he felt that he should be one of those guys who was playing. When you looked, when he talked about the Josh Rosens, the Josh Allens, all the Sam Darnold, all these other quarterbacks, he felt that he should be one of those guys with that same type of opportunity. So for him, for him to go out there and get a win, that would just validate his thoughts. That would just validate his personal feelings. And we talked about this before. It's nothing better than a player that has confidence especially young players. They need confidence. So if he goes out here, plays well, gets the victory, that just adds to his confidence. And then it just continues to grow and get better for him. And right now, man, when you're looking at what this team needs, they need a spark. I mean, sitting at 0-2, you want to find something to hang your hat on and feel good about. Something when you're making that 2,000, 3,000-mile flight back across the country to put a smile on your face. I've taken that flight after a win. I've taken it after a loss. It's a lot more fun after a win. Oh, no doubt. So for Mason, man, I think, like I said, it would just be huge for him. And 
I don't want to say he needs it right now, but it would definitely take a lot of that pressure off of him as well because of the outside noise, the critics. Obviously, the the jury is, I feel like it's split when it comes to Mason and their belief in him. Half the people believe he's the next franchise quarterback. They talk about how Ben went down in week two. I mean, excuse me, how Tommy Maddox went down in week two. Ben steps in. They they love the historical value of that. History repeats itself. And they say, oh, it, everything is setting up just perfect. Oh, don't forget, uh, this person went down and that person went down. I, I don't get into all that type of stuff personally, but that's what half of the, uh, the, the jury feels. The other half is – Man, Mason's not the guy. Mason is going to struggle. We need to keep that draft pick. We could have drafted a quarterback. Man, we could have done this. It's this and this and this. So it's going to be for Mason, if he gets that win, if he plays well in particular while getting that win. On the road in his on first the road, start. Versus a 2-0 team in their home opener, that silences a lot of that noise. That silences a lot of them critics. And that could definitely benefit him. Now, for the team as a whole, a win definitely helps them a ton in terms of not only when we talk about just the standings, you don't want to drop to 0-3. Obviously, we talked about how the Ravens are still finding ways to win. They got a tough matchup coming up on Sunday, though. They do. Mahomes versus Lamar. Yeah. That's an interesting one all of a sudden. Absolutely. So they're sitting they're sitting at 2-0 right now. Obviously, you got the Browns at 1-1, so you don't want to lose too much traction in terms of that division race. But for this Steelers team, for them to be able to overcome the adversity that they've faced this week, for them to overcome, I mean, essentially losing two starters to injury reserve the same week. People don't yeah. even talk about that with Sean Davis because they're so excited about the Minka Fitzpatrick trade in terms of the player. But you essentially lose two key contributors to your team in the same week. That's a lot of adverse, uh, adversity. And for them to be able to overcome that, I think that that would be huge. I think that Coach Tomlin, it would be huge for him in terms of having his players believe in him and believe in the message that we are still in this thing, the yeah. message that we can do whatever we want to do, the message that we can still be world champions. All of that factors into going into a hostile environment on the road with a young quarterback, with the new safety acquisition, and finding a way. Just finding a way to win. And I've been a part of teams like that where we're out in San Diego. I believe we we started Landry. No, Mike Vick started this game, I believe it was. Okay. And literally, find a way to win. Defense, create a turnover. Get a touchdown. Blake, uh, I think his name was, it was Antoine Blake. Now it's like Antoine Valentino. I, I can't keep up with his name. <laughs> but he had a big uh, pick six. Obviously, I remember that. Obviously, Le'Veon Bell with the the amazing Wildcat touchdown, mm-hmm. the walk off. I mean, just finding ways. That was San Diego. Yeah, the the artist formerly known as the Absolutely. San Diego Chargers. Absolutely, Monday Night Football, but it was really like a mid afternoon game because it was West Coast time. Oh yeah, what was that? Yeah, what's that like? It was weird. It was super it started weird, like man. five o'clock. Yeah, it was still yeah. sunny outside. So much prime time. It didn't feel like it. That's where the stadium was probably only half full because everyone's still trying to get there from but, work but, but and all shout, that California shout out to Steelers traffic. Fans. Steelers fans booed those guys when they get introduced. Oh, no doubt. They had to use the, the silent count. It was crazy. But those are all the things that Coach Tomlin talks about. I remember that run. That's what Coach Tomlin talked about. I know we don't have Ben for the next couple of weeks. I don't care. We're not, we're not folding. We're not changing our expectations. We're not changing what we expect from you. In fact, I demand more from more, you More, yeah. We're we're getting you know Absolutely. into the season now. You yeah. should be more comfortable. You should be Absolutely. more up to speed. 
And he's saying that the, the further this thing goes along, the more I'm going to require from you and the more you should require and demand of yourself. Sure. So a win, when we won during that time, our confidence went through the roof. We felt that nobody, no matter what the situation was, we were going to handle it. And that's the same type of thing that could transpire with these guys on the road versus 2-0 no opponent. You go out there and get that win. That flight back, they look in each other's eyes like, I don't care who's next. We ready for whatever. And that's that, that's a dangerous team when you're like that. You get that win, too, and all of a sudden, you could just be a game out. Yo, easily. I, I mean, I, I I won't spoil anything. <laughs> but you know we like to uh, to give some predictions and we do some pick em in the last segment of the day. I don't like the Ravens' chances this weekend, all right? That's <laughs> all I'm going to say. I think they're in for a rude awakening against Patrick Mahomes and company. Uh, but you could uh, when you get on that plane and all of a sudden you find yourself a game out of first place in the division after everything that's happened with still six division games in front of right. you. That's the thing. It's hard to even talk about the division when you haven't even played any division opponents yet. Right. I mean, we always laugh every year. It would feel like Cincinnati, when I was playing Cincinnati and Baltimore, they would win all their uh, out-of-division games, and they would come in and just run the tables in the division. It would be like, oh, we're good. <laughs> Give us the hat. Give us the T-shirt. <laughs> so. so that's what a win would mean. Arthur Motes. Flip side, and again, let's let's start and stick with Mason. Uh, what what would a loss mean for Mason Rudolph? And again, there's minutia in there, right, in how the game actually plays out. There's a difference in a loss and the Steelers lose by 17 points and Mason doesn't play well, or they lose on a last-second field goal, you know, and Mason has three touchdown passes right. and 300 yards. But in general, mm-hmm. what would a loss mean? Man, so we're just going to operate under the assumption that it was a loss and he didn't play well. It's it, Oh, okay. So you're going to assume here that he did not play yes. well. Yes, okay. so he didn't play. Because typically with younger quarterbacks in their first starts, they do struggle. Not saying that he's going to go out there and throw two or three picks, but they do struggle a little bit. That's just the nature of it. So under the assumption that he did struggle or didn't play his best game, we, he didn't play the game that he wanted to play, I think a loss definitely – it hurts in the sense of you might question yourself in terms of am I capable of doing these things? Am I capable of leading this team? Am I capable of essentially being the replacement for Ben Roethlisberger? And particularly right now. Right now. Right? Like right. Not next year, not, not next three year. years We're talking from about now. Right now. And, and those are the things that start to creep in if you don't have the performance that you want to have, if you lose this one on the road, say the Seahawks, the same way they got after Cincinnati really good that second week, if it's one of those type of games, that hurts him. But I think if it's a game where we're operating under the assumption that he plays well and they drop it, they drop the loss, I think for him it still would benefit him because he played well. Him going out there and playing well I feel like is more important than a win or a loss right now. If this was four weeks from now Mm. and and things are getting thick in the division and things like that, well, absolutely, the wins matter without a doubt. But right now, I think the quality of Mason's play in particular, not the team's play, the quality of Mason's play in his situation is more important than a win or a loss right now for him. For the team, obviously, you want to win. But for him in particular, it doesn't benefit him to win and he plays bad. He needs to play well so that way he can build his confidence and that way he can start building on this performance and continuing to grow and get better because the same way we talked about 
Ben, we talked about the O-line, we talked about the defense, how they're going to continue to grow and get better through football. Well, how much football has Mason had thus far throughout the first two weeks? Small, small sample size. So for him, now he's essentially reset in terms of where he's starting at. The other guys have had two games worth of getting up to game speed. So that's another element to it. That's why I'm like, it was really important that he's just playing well, protecting the ball, making good decisions, seeing what he's supposed to see. He's got to jump on that moving train, right, Arthur Mose? Absolutely. <laughs> on Twitter, I want to know your thoughts. Uh, what would a win mean for Mason? What would a loss mean for Mason? At Wesley Euler, at Dabody52. Dabody. When we come back here, there's two more guys on offense that I think you and I both and certainly all of Steeler Nation, want to see really have a big game Sunday afternoon. Who are those two guys? Well, you're just going to have to come back with us to find out. It's Euler and Motes inside the Electric Factory on a Friday. A whole bunch of fun planned for you here in the next hour or 20 minutes or so. So stick with us right here on your 24-7 home of the black and gold Steelers Nation Radio. With Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. It's a... uh... It's a show-me-something weekend for your Pittsburgh Steelers. Talk about it. They're all from Missouri this weekend, Arthur Motes. Oh. Not because they're going to whoop up on the Mountaineers. Oh, okay, okay. Hey, oh, you like that self-deprecation like there, didn't you? Uh, they're all from Missouri this weekend because it's the show-me state. <clears throat> How about that? I hey, I see. You I like see that? You over here. Yeah, they're all from Missouri this weekend because they got to show me something. Show them some. Well, in about 15 minutes, Arthur Motes, you're going to show us all something. It's oh. five-star You know what Friday. that is. You know what that means. It's a five-star matchup because we're in it. Five-star matchup. Everybody we play is a five-star matchup because we're in it. That is in about 15 minutes, but before we get to Ooh, our little five-star Friday. It gets my Friday, blood pumping as I hear that. And we really, we really ramp up the power here in the electric factory for the second hour of the show. You came to me this morning, and I've said this on air before. I've told you this before. One of my favorite things about doing shows with you, Arthur Motes, is that a lot of people that are in your position, right? A lot of former athletes. Yeah. Guys who have the I've been there, I've done that experience, right? right? As opposed to just the jamokes like me who talk behind. You know, oh, you know, jamokes. Scrawny little 150 pound jabroni. But you wear great WVU shirts every like, Friday. Every Friday. I, I do like that. And, you know, Consistent. like I told you, I, you know, they lose by they lose to Missouri by 31 points the following yeah. Friday. I'm wearing a t shirt. They beat NC State by 17 the following Fridays, you know, from September through December. You can catch me wearing a WVU gear. It doesn't matter if they're 10 and 2 or 2 and 10. I like it. I can respect that. You always come with, you know, a, a lot of people who do what you do, the former athlete that becomes an analyst or a media guy or, right. or whatever role they might fill. I think a lot of times they think they just got to show up, you know? The booby mouse. The bo- What's wrong with booby <laughs> <Yeah>. mouse? <laughs> well, just, it was God-given. It was God-given for him. You know, they just... It, You've kind of you've seen these guys on TV, right? Whether it be on the NFL Network or on ESPN, or maybe it's on a local station. You hear them sit down, and it's just like they don't really know the specifics of what they're talking about. They just, think just tell a story. They think yeah, they think <laughs> just the fact that they played is enough to make them entertaining, right? And sometimes that is the case, but True. that's not always the case. But what I love about working with you, Arthur Motes, amongst a plethora of things, oh. 
is that that's not how you operate. You come in here every day we do the show, and I've got a couple things I want to talk about. You've got a couple things you want to talk about. You You've already got some, know. some questions you want to pose. And one of the ones you posed to me today when we were doing our little pre-show prep was, if you could only pick one, who would you rather see have a big game, James Conner or Vance McDonald? Mm-hmm. And the reason I ask this because from an offensive standpoint, when we're looking at this matchup versus that Niners defense, those are the two guys who are really going to have to do something in terms of helping the young quarterback out and be successful. Mason showed up in a big way last week, two touchdowns. I think it was, what, seven catches? Mm-hmm. Really was exciting. It really was a bright spot in that offense. I told you if Dante Moncrief would have caught that ball, he would have had a passer rating of like Absolutely. 112. Absolutely. And Vance was a big part of that. And then for James, it's like, man – we're, we're itching, we're waiting because we know what he's capable of and we haven't seen it to his full potential yet. But how awesome would that running game be for it to show up this week mm. and what that would mean for Mason and ultimately being able to set up that play-action pass. The, the play, You know the play-action pass you love so My much. My favorite. I love the play-action pass. Yeah. So when I think about those two players, I'm asking myself, which one do I think needs to have the bigger game? And I'm leaning towards James and – it goes back to what we were talking about in terms of that play-action pass. Vance is going to get his numbers through that play-action pass game. Vance can get his numbers through his routes. Obviously, he's going to be a little uh, extra juiced up since it's his former team as well. Mm-hmm. And we already know now Mason has a comfortability with him. Absolutely. But for James, that run game has has been what this offense has really been struggling with these first two weeks and ultimately has been putting a bind on the things they can do offensively. Now, you can ask yourself, is the chicken or the egg? Which one come first? Nice. Do you need there to you have go. the receivers? Now that, that's a radio there guy analogy there for like, you. Like, do we need chicken the receivers? The you need the receivers to play better so the running game can get open? Or do you need the running game to play better so the receivers can have better matchups out there? For me, I think for this week in particular, you have to run the ball. That, that San Fran defense, they play fast. They play downhill. Quan Alexander, extremely productive. That front seven, that those, front those seven is- the D linemen they have – Young Bosa. We've talked yeah. about the pedigree that the Steelers have on defense. With oh, a lot they, of they're up there with they're, it. They're right there, too. Absolutely. So when you factor in that in this matchup, I think it's important that you establish that run game. And I think that the Steelers' O-line are taking things personal right now between those first two weeks of not being able to establish that. Hearing the, the critics, hearing people talking about well, – we thought you were the best offensive line right, in the NFL. You, you're pass blocking good, but you haven't run block good. I'm, I'm, I feel that they – hear that and they want to silence that you look at how Marquise Pouncey is talking about this season how he's still focused on this season you think about Ramon you think about DeCastro Al all those guys over there understand what their reputation is they understand what they're capable of and they also understand what's at stake they know for a young QB having a ring game is is pivotal to their success and that's across the board you look at any of these young quarterbacks who've come in and had success Dak Prescott they all have Russell Wilson all have running games they all have running games and that's what the Steelers are going to have to do this week and that's why I feel James Conner even in particular him because he is the leader of that group now granted Jalen Samuels is going to get some touches Benny Snow might come in and some of the right he might get another short yardage thing but they have to establish that running game and that's why I feel like James Conner's the guy for that. He's got to be the straw that stirs that drink, right? Absolutely. I, when you asked me this, my first answer right right away was James Conner as well, too. 
But I'm thinking along the lines of what you're saying, but maybe even a little bit more outside of the box. And here's what I got for you. If you're asking me, right, you can only see one guy have a big game on Sunday, James Conner or Vance McDonald. Who are you picking? And the reason I'm saying James is because if you're, say, you know, Pull out that crystal ball, Arthur. Oh, there we go. You know, shine it up real nice. I like it. Look into it with your clear eye, uh-huh. with your good eye. If you're telling me James Conner has a big game, right? Right. 100 yards rushing and a touchdown, something like that. Well, then I'm thinking, you know what? The offensive line had to kick some butt. Absolutely. Like Vance could have a big game just by being Vance and hooking up with Mason. Absolutely. If James has a big game, that also means that probably five or six other guys had a big game as well, too. So I'm going to say James for that reason because if you're telling me James is having a huge game, I'm you know connecting the dots Absolutely. and tri- the, the O line is playing well too. Absolutely, it ventures out to other players. I think by James having a big game, that also helps out a James Washington. Sure, that helps out a Deontay Johnson, maybe a Juju Smith Schuster. Absolutely, all that pivots off of James. If James can do what we know he's capable of doing, that's what we need. Steeler guy chimes in here on Twitter. He said, I would love to see Juju and James Conner have big games this weekend. So what if we made that the question, Motsi? Juju or James? You still sticking mm. with James? I feel like yes, because from a number standpoint, we've seen Juju put up nice numbers these first two games. Granted, they weren't over 100 yards, but they were still you know at high 70s the first game, high 80s last game. But the impact that's associated with those big numbers is, isn't the same as James having over 100 on the ground with a touchdown or two. That impact goes so much further. I mean, Juju could just no doubt. <clears throat> Juju could catch a, a nice bomb like he did last week, the, the flea flicker. It was a great play, great yardage. Yeah, and it was a nice comeback catch by him Absolutely. too. Absolutely. But in terms of the overall impact of that play on the game, it was short. It was short-lived. Whereas if James establishing that run from start to finish – even if he only ends up with 115 or 120 rushing, that impact goes so much more. Like when you look at the San Fran film from when they played Cincinnati, you look at uh, Matthew Breida rush for 121 yards in that game from start to finish. He was just chunk after chunk, finding ways to just overly like just have overall impact, a consistent impact. Whereas Marquise Goodwin, for example, he had two catches, 77 yards and a touchdown. One was on a bomb pass, though. So, so aside from that one, right? Play, so aside from that one play, what are you doing? His on the impact other wasn't there. Some plays, right? Yeah. But from a number standpoint, you see two for seventy-seven in a touchdown. You're like, oh man, this is good. That's great, but right. you'd probably rather have someone who's making an impact on every single Absolutely. drive. Absolutely, and that's how I look at it with James. I'm like, that's the impact that this team has been missing, and that's what we all want to see. I can even take this a step further now because, you know, you're so good at laying all this out, Arthur Motes. Uh, I'm thinking about how, you know, like I just told you, if James has a big game, I'm connecting the dots. That means the offensive line has a big game. I'm going to connect the dots even further Uh-oh. here. Talk about it. We've talked a lot about keeping the defense fresh. And now how you're the, talking to me. How the offense needs to do a better job of sustaining drives. Now and, you're growing in and, here. And limiting the, the, in this case, San Francisco's put, offense. Put your football position. knowledge on display, Wes. Let me put, Wes. Let me put my chest Put out. your football knowledge on display. So even more so, if we're staying the offensive line and James Conner's having great games, that means more than likely, barring some type of malpractice out there, the Steelers are going to dominate Talk the time of it. possession clock, too. Absolutely. Which is going to keep San Francisco off the field, which is going to keep the defense fresh. Absolutely. And you got to think, they're playing out on the West Coast. It's going to be hot. That's true. That's true. They've just coming off of a hot game on Sunday where you saw they played too many snaps. 
So for them, you control that clock. You keep that defense on the sideline. A great defense is one that doesn't have to play too many snaps. And when those guys are fresh, they've shown that they can produce. They've shown that they can make plays. So those are the things that I think all stares from James Conner and that running game being established. Now, imagine this defense, instead of playing 70 plays out there, they're only playing 50 plays. Right. Come on now. Instead of facing 12 possessions, they're facing 10. Absolutely. Talk about it, man. It's a huge difference. Yeah, and for the casual person, like they think that that's not that big of a deal, but I'm trying to think the best way to even explain it. Just not having to deal with like an extra 20 plays – I mean, that's essentially a whole quarter's worth of football that you're not having to play, which is, is, is huge in terms of these plays, man. It's like bringing in the groceries, but you don't have to carry in an extra five cases of water. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's, it's, it's a massive difference. And it's, again, we talk about how all these things, all these things are related, right? They're all Absolutely. intertwined. Got to work in concert. But, but I think James Conner, the offensive line, getting going, and, and we're talking connecting the dots and trickling down to other areas of the team would be a massive impact all over the roster, uh, certainly for the offense and for the defense as well. We are about four minutes away from Five Star Friday. Oh, man. It's a five-star matchup because we're in it. Five-star matchup. Everybody we play is a five-star matchup because we're in it. When we come back, it's one of my favorite times of the week. Professor Motes will come back, and we're, we're not necessarily going into the classroom here. Oh, no, oh, no. Because we can't contain this one to the nah, classroom. It's buddy. a five-star matchup Friday. Arthur Motes will tell you the five key matchups, things you should be watching on Sunday, the biggest determining factors for who will come out of Levi Field with a W. We will get into that when we return. Hour two coming up. It's Euler and Motes inside the Electric Factory Steelers Blitz on SNR. Euler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. One o'clock on a Friday game weekend, the day before the day before. That can only mean one thing. It is a five-star mm. Friday, Professor oh, yeah. Motes. I don't know. I, I should have asked you that, you know, ahead of time here. Is it is it okay if I call you Professor Motes on a Friday? Because I know that that's like a Monday thing. Are you still Professor Motes today? Maybe you're hype man Motes today. Maybe you're. Listen, man, I'm always dropping knowledge. Because you are dropping knowledge and you're still teaching. I always drop knowledge. I'm always trying to advance the football knowledge of the listener. Well, that's one of the things that uh, our listeners love about you, that I love about you. So without further ado, mm-hmm. Arthur Motes. Let's begin. Five Star Friday, the five key matchups, the five things you should be watching most intently that will determine the result of Sunday's game. Who's going to win? Who's going to lose? Why is that going to happen? What are the biggest determining factors? It's Five Star Friday. It's a five star matchup because we're in it. Five star matchup! Everybody we play is a five star matchup because we're in it! Arthur Motes, take him to church. Five-star matchup Friday, baby. So, my first five-star matchup, it features George Kittle 
all-pro tight end. He's Set the good. tight end receiving record with over 1,400 receiving yards last season versus our rookie. 10th overall pick, Devin Bush. A little a little Big Ten on Big Ten action Absolutely. There. Now, I do have Minka Fitzpatrick as an asterisk because he will feature in this matchup as well. But for Devin in particular, going against a tight end like this, these are the reasons why you were drafted 10th overall. These are the reasons why you were brought to Pittsburgh because we want you to take out these type of players. Now, he didn't have the best showing last week. He was thinking more than playing. We need him to play fast, and I think this will this week it will be simplified for him, and that way he'll be able to play a lot faster and ultimately minimize that matchup and minimize the impact of George Kittle. So five-star Friday matchup number one is Devin Bush against a guy who could easily make the claim of being the best tight end in the National Football League right now. Absolutely. It's going to be a big thing, man. He has to step up, and I think that he will. I think that he understands he didn't perform to his standard either last week, and he wants to make a statement, and what better way to make a statement than by going against the best? If you want to be the best, you got to beat the best, and this is Devin's opportunity. So that's why this is five-star matchup number one. I have a question for you about how a certain player could relate to this as well, too. Mm -hmm. But you know how this works. When a teacher's giving a lecture, you got to hold all questions till the end because you might answer my question here as we roll along. Absolutely. So, five-star Friday matchup number two. Now, five-star Friday matchup number two features the San Francisco 49ers running backs, their tandem of Matthew Breida and Raheem Morstead versus the Steelers linebackers. Now, if you looked at the film last week, both of these running backs had over 100 yards on the ground. They <laughs> ate crazy. up that Bengals defense, and the Bengals defense was playing well that first game versus the Seahawks. They, they shut out Chris Carson. But the thing that makes these two running backs very unique are their vision, their footwork, and their make-you-miss ability. Breida has the ability to make a person miss and still hit that gas and get to 100 in zero seconds. So it's important that these linebackers play downhill, but at the same time, understand that they do a lot of misdirection runs, counters, pulls. They're never going to start and go. They're never going to start the way that the play is going to end. It's always misdirection. It's always off balance. That's what they do to you to, to make your speed a disadvantage for you. Hmm. So it's going to be important for the young linebacker, Devin Bush. It's going to be important for Mark Barron. It's going to be important for TJ Watt and Bud Dupree to keep their eyes where they need to be, see what they're supposed to see so we can minimize the impact of these two runners because if they're going to go over 100 yards again, both of them, oh. it's going to be a terrible day for the Steelers' defense. And they're going to be out on the field the entire game. <laughs> Absolutely. And that is unacceptable. It cannot happen. And it is critical in order for the Steelers to win that this defense gets Mason the ball and that defense stays on the sideline more often. So a little uh, little linebacker theme to start in your first two. You got Devin Bush against George Kittle as your first five-star matchup. Your second one, those linebackers against those running backs. I like it. Wow, I wonder what position you played in the National Football League. Only the best position ever. Five-star Friday. Matchup number three. Now, this third matchup still features another linebacker. And if you notice the theme, the reason why I'm talking about the linebackers is due to the pedigree in that room. When we talked about all the first-rounders that are on this defense, four of them in particular start at the linebacker spot. Mm -hmm. So as you see, understanding that you're going on the road, hostile environment, young quarterback, it's not on Mason. It's on you guys to step up and help him. How can you help him? 
Number one, like we said, stop the run. Or excuse me, number one, like we said, minimize George Kittle. Number two, stop the run. Number three, Bud Dupree, big time year for you. Franchise year for you. You want to get paid? This is how you do it. You're going against Justin Skull, sixth round rookie. Wait. Out of Vanderbilt. Skull? Skull. Like like the Minnesota Vikings? Like, no, no. Like Skull. But Skull. S-K-U-L-E. He doesn't even spell it right. Skull. So with that being said, Bud Dupree, if there's going to be any time that you show the people, that you show the NFL, that you show these GMs that are out here, not only in Pittsburgh, but all, all the other ones, that you deserve money, that you deserve to be the guy, you dominate this matchup. And with Bud... He's had a ton of success when he goes against tackles like this. Guys who haven't played a lot, haven't had a lot of success. So I expect nothing less from him. But it has to be, not only are you getting sacks, you're creating turnovers off these sacks. And that's going to be critical in order for the team to have success on Sunday. So Bud Dupree has to absolutely dominate this batch of versus a sixth-round rookie out of Vanderbilt. It's not like he was at Alabama. It's not like he was at Florida James State. Madison. It's not like he was at JMU or even West Virginia. I put West Virginia above Vanderbilt Oh, personally. yeah, we smoked those boys. So the fact that he's a sixth-round pick out of before, Vanderbilt, we smoked those boys. I don't want to hear it. you got to win that matchup. I like it. I like it. So a lot of defensive-themed, heavy stuff here. and But it all comes full circle, right? You're talking about how to help Mason Rudolph. Absolutely. You know what else would really help Mason Rudolph? Uh-oh. Wait a, a minute. Sh- a short Wait field a once or twice. Wait a minute. Short field once Absolutely. or twice would really help Talk Mason to me Rudolph. Now. now you're talking. <laughs> now you are talking. All these things are always intertwined. Absolutely. Now, my fourth matchup. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, excuse me. Five-star Friday. Talk about it. Matchup number four. There we go. Now we're going to go to the other side of the ball. Now we're going to go over there to the guys who get paid all the money, take all the pitches, and kiss all the babies. <laughs> now we're going to go over there to those offensive guys. And in particular, the running game. My Steelers O-line and the running backs, whether mm-hmm. it's James Conner, Jalen Samuels, or Benny Snell. Y'all have to win this matchup versus the 49ers front seven. That's the big matchup. We talked about earlier the money that's invested in that 49ers front seven, the draft pedigree, the capital that's associated with them. They've had a ton of success stopping the run these first two weeks. They made Joe Mixon look like a rookie. That's not good because Joe Mixon is really good. (laughs) This 49ers defense... This front seven in particular has been playing extremely well. They get after the quarterback, but it's all predicated on them minimizing your impact on the run. So if you can't run the ball, it makes you one-dimensional. We have to be able to run the ball. The Steelers have to be able to run the ball, especially with Mason Rudolph making his first start on the road, hostile environment. Make it easy on your young quarterback. Don't put him in a, in a position where he has to throw the ball 30, 40 times. Where you're getting that's, behind the sticks on first and second down. That's a recipe for disaster. We talked about how all the young quarterbacks in this league historically that have come in and had success, they've all had solid running games. So, Steelers running game, O-linemen, running backs, even the receivers. I need you blocking on the edge as well. Have to win this matchup versus the 49ers front seven. I mentioned when you talk about those young quarterbacks and how much of a luxury it is to have a run game, a stud running back to lean on. You talk about Dak Prescott with Ezekiel Elliott, Jared Goff with Todd Gurley, Russell Wilson when he came into the league with Marshawn Lynch. Absolutely. And even when we were talking about that last segment, I forgot Patrick Mahomes when he had Kareem Hunt's there. Absolutely. There is certainly a correlation there. I'm with you on that 100%. 
And hey, no better time than the present for for that offensive line and, and James Conner to get moving. No question. Five Star Friday matchup number five. Now this one is unique. Coach Tomlin and Keith Butler. Ooh, I know you guys work in unison when it in terms of calling the defense, in terms of scheming up this defense. You have to win this matchup versus Jimmy Garoppolo. The verdict is still. I mean. Nobody knows if Jimmy is the guy or not. Nobody knows if Jimmy is the franchise quarterback. Nobody knows if Jimmy's going to be a pro bowler. Nobody knows I, yet. I don't think God even knows. Honestly. Nobody knows. So let's not have him look like he's the guy this week. Cool. Let's find ways to confuse him. Let's find ways to attack his weaknesses. You know he likes to get on the move. He likes to move the pocket through play-action pass, through rollouts, through bootlegs, and things like that minimize that mm. confuse the young quarterback he's only had 10 starts 10 starts that's not a lot of football so keith butler mike tomlin find a way will your defense get these guys in the best calls the best scheme so that way they can take advantage of young jimmy garoppolo and ultimately create more turnovers which ultimately does what help mason rudolph so the steelers can be successful full circle it's full circle come on now come on it is amazing when you mentioned there again mason because the the i'm gonna go transition here with the question that i had for you from the first five-star matchup when you mentioned Jimmy Garoppolo and how he only has 10 starts. He's like 27, 28 years old. Absolutely. Mika Fitzpatrick has 18. Talk about it. <laughs> and he's 22. Talk about it. I mean, he's like six or seven years younger than Garoppolo. Absolutely. And has almost double the amount of starts. Yeah, I don't want to see that guy, Jimmy G, look good. When he takes his helmet off, he can look good. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because he's a handsome guy. Right, right. California. That's, that's the, the only sun's time always I want perfect. to see him looking yeah. good. That's it. <laughs> The question that I had for you, Arthur Motes, uh, your first five-star Friday matchup there was Devin Bush and George Kittle. With the asterisk next to Minka Fitzpatrick. I was going to say, how does yeah. Minka Fitzpatrick play into that as well, too? Now, I know Minka has went on record saying that he wants to be anchored down in one position. He would like to just start out at safety, get to know that better, and then move on to other positions later on. But when we talk about Minka, he specializes in man-to-man coverage versus these bigger-bodied athletic tight ends. So the asterisk is next to Minka because if Devin does struggle, we have the flexibility of putting Minka on on George Kittle. Okay. And I still think, regardless of if Devin struggles or not, I think that we will see Mika match up with him from time to time. Some from time to time. Absolutely because of he excels at that. He was drafted from Alabama to take on I was going to say it's what he did at Alabama. That's that, what he did in his short time in Miami. Absolutely. That they they drafted him specifically in that in that AFC East division. Gronk was the boogeyman. They drafted him to beat the boogeyman and he has success versus him. So when you think about Minka, it makes perfect sense that he will see some of this, see some of this matchup, which is why I gave him the asterisk next to him because I feel like it features Devin right away. But Minka is going to get his taste. I like it. I like it. So Arthur Motes, one more time, your five star Friday, five key matchups to watch starting at the top. Number one, George Kittle, all pro tight end for the San Francisco 49ers, just set the rookie, I mean, set the tight end receiving record with over 1,400 yards. That's crazy. Better than your boy Zach Ertz out in Philly. That is crazy. First, Devin Bush and an asterisk next to Mika Fitzpatrick because he will see some of that as well. The next matchup was Matthew Breida and Raheem Morstead, the uh, San Francisco 49ers running backs. Versus the Steelers linebackers. That four starting 
linebackers, four first-round starting linebackers for the Pittsburgh Steelers. They have to win that matchup. They have to minimize that run. The next matchup was Justin Skull, six-round rookie out of Vanderbilt who can't even beat West Virginia, your school, versus Bud Dupree. Contract year, got to make it happen. It can't be close. You have to dominate it, have to create turnovers. What was that guy's name again? Justin Skull. Doesn't sound right. Skull. Skull. He sounds like an Icelandic soccer player. Sounds like a person who's going to get dominated by Bud Dupree. Mm. I'll be calling him Alvin after this game. <laughs> the, the last two matchups to watch. The fourth one was the Steelers running game. Yes, James Conner, Jalen Samuels, Benny Snell, and the Steelers O-line versus that 49ers front seven. As much as we talk about our defense having all the high pedigree guys, the money invested, this 49ers defense is just like that. They have a ton of high pedigree guys on that team. And they do an excellent job minimizing the run. Had a ton of success versus Joe Mixon last week. So it's important that the Steelers' run game gets established early and often so that way it can help Mason in this game. And then the fifth and final five-star matchup this Friday, Mike Tomlin and Keith Butler confusing, finding ways to minimize the impact of 10-start having Jimmy Garoppolo. He can look good. He can have nice hair, but he can't win on Sunday. He can't ball out on Sunday. He has to look like a guy who only has 10 starts, period. That's it. No other excuses. You both are defensive masterminds, in particular Coach Tomlin. So scheme it up. Get the job done. Let's party on the flight back. There it is, Five Star Friday, the five most important matchups that will determine the outcome between your Pittsburgh Steelers and those San Francisco 49ers at 4.30 our time. Not Arthur Motes' time. He'll be out there in California, actually. West side. So it's 1.30 your time out there, 4.30 our time. Those are the five big things you should be watching for, the five most important matchups Five Star Friday. It's a five star matchup because we're in it. Five star matchup. Everybody we play is a five star matchup because we're in it. We talked a little bit about James Conner versus Vance McDonald. If you could only see one really break out, who would you pick? We've got some more, uh, let's call them would you rathers. Oh. Right? Because we've got, there's a lot of, um, you know, not in a bad way, but there's a lot of question marks, right, around the performance, the usage of a lot of Steelers on offense and defense. So let's break that all down when we return ahead of uh, some predictions, uh, how we think Sunday is going to play out in San Francisco. You know, we'll have your, our pick them for you but bef- before we get out of here. But before we do that, when we come back, like I said, I want to play a little Would You Rather with Professor Motes. We'll ask him to uh, you know keep the keep the PowerPoint, uh, keep the lecture hall open here for you know just, I got you for just a few minutes longer. It's Euler and Motes on the uh, the day before the day before. Still about a the half an hour to the penultimate. The penultimate to the penultimate. Still about uh, about forty minutes or so to get your thoughts in, your predictions in. Let us know how the game's going to play out on Twitter at Wesley Euler at the Body Fifty Two. The Body. Play a little. Would you rather when we return and how that relates to the Steelers' success on Sunday. You are listening to Euler Emotes inside the Electric Factory. It's Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. (laughs) 
having some fun here on a Friday inside the Electric Factory. Euler Emotes with you for another all 35 minutes or so here. We just had Five Star Friday, which is one of my favorite segments of the week. One of my favorites as well. And I should mention, right, if people are just joining us and maybe they only tuned in halfway through last segment, they missed some of it, and maybe they're bumming, they're like, ah, you know, I only heard some of those five matchups, I wonder what the other ones were. Well, don't fret, Arthur Motes. Talk about it. We got a podcast feed. Hey, that we do. All the shows archived every single day. Just search Steelers Blitz. That's Blitz with a Z. And make sure you subscribe and leave a positive review. Five stars only, baby. Well, see, I say five star or one star. All right? It's no option. Because this is sports talk radio, right? There's no minutiae. It's got to be black or white. It's got to be good or bad. So five star or one star. If if you're going to the podcast, that means you love us. That's right. Hit five. (laughs) Otherwise, I'm going to have to come find you. On a Friday, too, that also means one thing. Before we get out of here, we're going to get that paper. Show me the money. Show me the money! A five uh, five games we've got for you. Steelers game, a college game, and three other NFL games. We'll let you know how we think those are going to play out before we get out of here. But before we do that, Mr. Motes. Uh-oh. It's a little, uh, little something new, a new idea that we had for the show today. This is true. A little would you rather. Hey, who doesn't love that game, right? Everybody loves that game. There doesn't necessarily need to be, you know, adult beverages involved. You can still play a little Would You Rather. Yeah, come you know, on now. On a, on a Friday afternoon. Although on I a guess, Friday? I guess it is 5 o'clock somewhere. Well, it right? depends on what, where you're at because you have some listeners that are abroad and the time difference is drastically different. Yeah, like our buddy Gordon who tweets us, don't forget for your international listeners in the UK, it's a 9.25 p.m. kickoff. And you know what that means, too? That's in the UK. Yeah, that's right. So for people that are in Eastern Europe and, you you know, you get into further time zones than, than England and Scotland and Ireland. Yeah, that's tough. Man, that's like a 10.30, 11.30 kickoff or something. You know, we've, we've, we've had a – I forget his name now, of course. But I know there's an SNR listener, a loyal listener we have in Denmark that tweets us from every once in a while. You're right. Absolutely. So I imagine for yeah. him it's probably like 10.30 or 11.30, even a little later. So big shout out to uh, to Steelers Nation International <laughs> for pulling the uh, the early shifts, the late shifts. You know, that's like me watching the Man U games. You know, hey, some, no question, sometimes man. Sometimes i got to get up at 6 a.m. to watch the game. What would you say, man? They are a real one. And Appreciate they w- them. They won yesterday. Seven, 17-year-old wonder kid, Mason Greenwood, scoring the what winning ifs? goal. What else? Let's go. Time to play. A little would you rather, and Arthur Motes, you know, normally I'm the uh, the setup guy here. Uh-oh. You know, I'm John Stockton to your Carl Malone. <laughs> you know, I'm your uh, I'm your caddy, and you're the, you know, the big stud golfer who comes and just rips it 350, oh, that's how it is? 350 right down the fairway. Uh, but, I, I, you know, you kind of came up with this idea, so I'm going to let you run point guard on this one. There we go. It's like LeBron bringing it down the court here. Hey, man, you know, sometimes I like to get a little creative. Sometimes I like to let the juices just flow. So... Mr. Wesley Euler, mm-hmm. would you rather? Hey, that's me. Would you rather Mason Rudolph have a great game, but the defense looks bad? I'm talking bad. Or would you rather Mason look awful and the defense looks amazing on Sunday? Uh, I would rather Mason look awful and the defense look amazing for two reasons. Okay, talk about it. One, in general, I think it would probably give you a better chance to win the game, just you know, in a big picture kind of sense. Right. Uh, if your defense plays horrible, 
you're quite often not going to win the game. Uh, look at the Kansas City Chiefs. They're a perfect example, right? They win a lot of games with that bad they defense, They win a though. lot of games with that bad defense, but even last year in the AFC Champion, like, you need your defense to come through. I don't care how high-powered of an offense you are. From you know a, a team like Oklahoma, right, who scores 50 points a game in the Big you still got to have a defense that can make some stops. I noticed that's a lot of them Big 12 teams can't stop anybody. That's reason. Well, you know how many Big Twelve quarterbacks are starting in the National Football League. Ooh, this, according one for your Pittsburgh Steelers. Respect, respect. Yeah. I like it. Um, that would be reason number one, okay. and reason number two is for this as well. Like, reason number two would be it's high time the defense figures it out. Right, you've had your two weeks. You get your quote unquote missing piece in Minka Fitzpatrick. If the defense goes out there and looks poor again this week. I'm going to start to have my doubts that they can turn it around big picture. Mm. Whereas if Mason goes out and struggles this week, right, it's his first NFL start, I'll still have hope that he can, you know, get the ship moving in the right direction. Absolutely. Whereas to kind of like you talked about where everybody else has a two-week head start now, mm-hmm. I want to see that defense start to come together. So that's that's my logic there. But what about you? What's I you? like that. No, man, I agree 100%. I feel like this defense has too much talent. Yep. Too many resources allocated to it from free agent signings to trades to first round draft picks for them not to look amazing this Sunday. Now, I understand that the first week didn't go their way. The second game, they looked a lot better, but it's time that they start turning that corner and, and start forming into that defense that we all had expectations mm-hmm. for them to be. And I understand you have growing pains with Devin Bush. I understand that Minka is going to have some learning curve issues to start sure. out, but that still shouldn't take away from the fact that you have, what, nine other guys who are ballers, who are High pedigree, high paid guys. That doesn't affect uh, Cam Hayward and Stephon to it and TJ Watt and Bud Dupree, Absolutely. Mark Barron. So for me, that's how I look Joe at Joe Hayden. Terrell Edmonds. Yeah. That's how I'm looking at it. Those two guys shouldn't be the reason why this defense doesn't look phenomenal. And it's a good challenge. I mean, you're going to play against a, a young quarterback in terms of Jimmy Garoppolo only having 10 starts. They want to run the ball, they love to do misdirection, play action counters things like that so it's going to be a true test where you can see okay not only do you have to be great athletes but you also have to be great players from a mental standpoint because you have to believe and see what you're supposed to see and that's associated directly with film study as long as you're seeing the keys you need to see when 44 comes in just i don't even know how to say his name just (laughs) however you want to say it when he comes in he he tells you a lot of information where he's aligned at key that when you look at the running backs, they have different tips. They tell you information. Marquise Goodwin split tells you information. These are all the things that you have to be understanding and knowing, and that's what I want to see this defense do. So that's why I agree with you in terms of I rather Mason look awful yeah. in this defense. And like amazing. I said, too, if the defense looks bad, I'm going to start to get discouraged. If yeah. Mason looks bad, I can still remain optimistic that it's his first start. He's, he's got a young guy he's got that game planned him. Exactly. Yeah. All right. That's would you rather, number one. So my second one, would you rather have Bud Dupree go for 10-plus sacks this season or have Minka Fitzpatrick look very, very below average this season? Oh, wow. Um, Bud Dupree, 10-and-a-half sacks, for sure. Mm. Because obviously if that happens, he's gone. He's capital G-O-N-E, gone. He's capital G-A-W-N, gone. Mm -hmm. But... In terms of the relative problems to have, maybe this relates to the last question too. 
if Bud prices himself out of mm-hmm. your range, I at least think that him having success means that the defense as a unit had success, which means that the team was able to have some success. Okay. If Minka doesn't look good, that discourages me going forward and knowing that they gave up a first-round pick, knowing that he's a guy that everybody really thought was that missing key. Absolutely. I'd rather see Bud price himself out because at least that means he played really well on the field. True. As opposed to to Minka underwhelming us. Although I will say, if Minka were to underwhelm, I mean, you and I wouldn't have to do any show prep all summer. Oh, it would just not be at like, all. It'd be I super can't believe easy. they traded that first round pick. Absolutely. So it would make our life easier from that but position. Then, but the reason I think about Bud having the 10 plus sacks, now if he does leave because he priced himself out, you don't have that first round pick to replace him now. These are the things that I think about it's true. when I'm thinking about that. Behind those guys, though, right? Do you feel a little bit better at your depth at linebacker with uh, a guy like Ola coming into the fray? Do you feel or that Ola is the guy to just step in and be this 60, 70-plus snap guy? That's the question right now. I don't, but I would rather have him have to step in and be that guy than have Cam Kelly step in and be that guy. Mm, okay. I like look it. At, look at I, see you. I see here. what you're doing here. I like that. <laughs> That's why they call you West. That's why you're Wesley Eula with the good hair. The wild, wild West. Yes, indeed. I, I, I'm, I'm digging this, though. I'm digging this. Would you rather? All right. I know you got one more for me. I, I do. I do. So my last one is, and this one touches the nostalgia of all my Pittsburgh Steelers fans, in particular my Ben Roethlisberger fans. Okay. Would you rather have Mason Rudolph win 10 games and Ben doesn't play another down in Pittsburgh or have Mason do bad? And Ben comes back for another two seasons. Oh man! So if Mason wins ten games, that means he goes ten and four. Mm-hmm. They go ten and six. Mm-hmm. And there's no guarantees about when Ben comes back. You're just he's, he's he, if he, he just, wins ten games, no more Ben. But right, but if he doesn't, again, there's no guarantee. You're not saying we get Ben like healthy, hundred percent, right? Right. We're just saying. All I'm simply saying is Mason wins ten games. Oh man, Ben could be healthy, whatever. We don't see Ben ever again play in Pittsburgh. He can go play somewhere else, but never again in Pittsburgh. Oh, or man. Mason does really bad, but you got Ben coming back for another two seasons. We don't know what Ben we're getting for those next two seasons, but you get him back. There's a lot of moving parts in this. Absolutely. If Mason does really bad and you get Ben back, okay, but then all of a sudden, you shouldn't have traded away that first-round draft pick. And we got to have that conversation Absolutely. all summer, which is the last conversation that I want to have Who's, who's going to be the heir apparent? Who's going to replace Ben when he retires? If... Mason goes out and wins 10 games and wins mm-hmm. the division and leads the Steelers to the playoffs and looks good doing it, mm-hmm. and the team rallies around him doing it. Right. And particularly if he looks like he's getting better and better as the season goes along, uh-huh. right? I will say this. If he plays really well and we find ourselves having a Mason versus Ben Yenzer Civil War, uh-huh. that would at least be entertaining radio. I think My, the quarterback either one is going to be entertaining for us. True, quarterback controversies are always hey, good radio. Regardless if you're supposed to draft one or if you want to know who's the better between the two. But in these two situations, right? When I'm split, and these have all been really good questions because you're in the splitting hairs of splitting hairs here. I'd rather at least have the Steelers do well this season, mm. and then we could talk about next year when we get to next year, as Ooh. opposed to the Steelers do poor this season. But then you know you're guaranteed to have your franchise quarterback for the next two years. Gives you a little more time to prepare. Right, but again, I don't think about the future. I only think about right now. I cut off my eyelids because I'm not blinking. Man. Because in Pittsburgh, there is no such thing as a championship window. We're trying to win every year. Mm, okay. All right. And 
when was the last time we had a quarterback controversy in Pittsburgh? Uh, not in my life. I mean, I was probably seven uh, or eight years old. Yeah, well, no, we had a quarterback controversy uh, in 2015. Uh, come on. Landry Jones was Mike Vick. Come on, bro. Chill. <laughs> right. What's talking about? A starting number one <laughs> franchise quarterback controversy. That's controversy? What you mean? Uh, I mean, geez, Ben has been the starter of the Pittsburgh Steelers for more than half of my life, Mozi. And he's associated. How, how, how many wins has he given to you? Oh, a ton. Exactly. But you know what he's never given to me? What? <laughs> a quarterback civil war to debate on oh, air. Oh, man. <laughs> so you would rather have the debate Again, when I, versus... When I'm splitting all these hairs, yes. right, and I'm coming down to the very end, I, I'm just going to go with I'd rather the Steelers have a good season this year than not. Right. So give me Mason and 10 wins, I guess. Ooh, okay. What, what okay, about you? Okay. <sighs> now, see, the Pittsburgh in me says, hey, you want the Steelers to win... And you want Mason to do well, and it's always going to be good for the. It's good for business, quarterback controversy, and all of the things associated with that. I like that part. I do. But you know who my quarterback's been. Mm-hmm. You know who I've won the most games I've ever won in my whole life. The person I had the most success with from an NFL standpoint with. Yeah, and before you came to Pittsburgh, you weren't playing with the greatest of quarterbacks. That's all I'm saying. So I, I have a not to name any names. I have a different level of appreciation. For franchise quarterbacks, for future Hall of Famers. For number seven. For for me. I think about all these factors. And I say to myself, okay, if Mason does win 10 games this year, the team rallies around him, does that still mean that he's the franchise quarterback? Does Not that necessarily. Still, right, but we won't know. Because it could just be the team playing really right, well around but, him. But on top of that, we know that Ben's gone. No more Ben. Who is proven? who we do know is a franchise quarterback, who we do know regardless of how bad a situation may look, however how bad he might be playing in a game. Think about Jacksonville Jaguars last year. Played bad for three quarters, balls out in the fourth, gets the dub. We know Ben could do that. Haven't seen it with Mason yet. We'll get his chance, though. I factor in all those things, and I say to myself, man, I think I want them last two years on my dog. At least I know without a shadow of a doubt. Like We don't have to talk ourselves into believing in Ben. The way we do with Mason. We have to, hey, well, what about this? Hey, let's talk about this storyline. Hey, well, what about when when Ben uh when Ben came in for Maddox? Let's talk about that. Let's we have to find all these things to comfort ourselves and to make ourselves we gotta, we gotta grab a bunch of whoobies. Right, right. We gotta really like work <laughs> extremely hard. Let's dig up this belly, and let's talk about that. My like, like we're gonna find a way to just start rallying around this guy and believing in him. I don't have to do that with seven. Even after those first two games. Even though Ben didn't look good in those two games, was there ever a question of the seven? Is he still the guy? Nah, because we already know seven's going to find a way. Seven's going to get right. Seven, he might start slow, but he's going to finish crazy hot. And that's the thing. I'm just like, I need that for two more years. So for me, in my personal opinion, I would rather have Mason struggle if that meant that I know I got number seven come back for two years because I know what he could do. You know what else too? Uh, uh, now you got me thinking. Now you got the wheels spinning. Oh, thanks a lot. You know, I, mean, <laughs> I had to produce the DVE morning show this morning. I've been up since like four a.m. and now you got my wheels spinning. Hey man, I like to make you think a little bit. I would not want you know in this ultimate hypothetical situation <laughs> that you've thrown out here. I would not want Ben to get the Peyton Manning treatment, mm. where it's 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 an iconic, probably the most iconic, at least one of two of the most iconic quarterbacks you've ever had in franchise history. Absolutely. Super Bowl champion, future Hall of Famers. 
but then he plays his last two years outside of your organization. And the person that you replace him with doesn't even win you a Super Bowl or make you a Super Bowl appearance. Just throwing that out there. Or, to a lesser extent, but along the same kind of idea and the same last name and family, uh, an Eli Manning type situation. Ooh. Right? Even though we know Eli's not Ben, and that Super Bowl wins might be the same, but that's, that's, about, <laughs> that's about it. Uh, I just still wouldn't... Like, Whatever you think of Eli, right? It's still kind of a bummer to see him go out this way. It is. To see a franchise that he's been with, again, for more than half of my life, that he's won multiple Super Bowls with, to see a guy go out like that... Just doesn't look good, man. It's it's not a great feeling, even to a lesser extent, because, again, this guy isn't anywhere in the same stratosphere as Ben Roethlisberger, but even like a Joe Flacco. Mm. You know, a guy who played, what, eight or nine years with the Ravens, won a Super Bowl with Baltimore, and then he just kind of gets the boot out of town or you know gets replaced by somebody else kind of unceremoniously yeah I would never want that to, to happen to Ben you're right I, I want him to be a Pittsburgh Steeler for life so maybe you got me walking back my oh you little wishy washer you such a Mountaineer fan what you know you and your, <laughs> you and your jabs you know speaking of college football Uh-oh. when we come back here it's time to get that paper hey and I've got a college football pick for you as I always do so when we return here, Arthur Motes, you know what you got to do? What I got to do? Show me the money. Show me the money! <laughs> it's a Friday on the day before the day before, so you know what that means. When we come back, we will get that paper. Gots to get that paper! We'll pick three NFL games, a college football game, and the Steelers game. And, of course, we'll tell you how the Steelers game plays out on Sunday. So don't go anywhere. One more segment to go. We'll wrap it all up, and we'll pull out the crystal ball and tell you how it'll all play out when we return. It's Euler and Motes inside the Electric Factory Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. It's a Friday, and we are getting ready, as we always do, for a weekend full of football, Arthur Motes. I mean, it really is. It's just, it's such a wonderful time of the year. The weather, The weather's still fantastic. You get, you know, high school football on Friday nights, college football on Saturdays, the NFL on Sundays and Mondays and Thursdays. Any day of the week, you know. It's just a, it's just a fantastic. That sport that shall not be named. Whew. That starts with a base and ends I don't, with. A, I don't know. I don't know what that ends is. with a ball. It's almost over. We don't even talk about that in Pittsburgh. You know, it's over. Particularly not on this show. We don't. But you know the one thing we do do on this show. What do we do? Motes, we get that paper. What? And it's time to get that paper. Hey. Show me the money. Show me the money. All right, Arthur Motes, another week, another dollar to be made. But before we get into that, let's recap how last week went, shall we? Talk about it. Talk about it. I went four and one last week. Congratulations. Arthur Motes went three and two. I think it's your first time since we've done this that you beat me, actually. The, so this would be, we did the last three weeks of last season, I think. Does that sound right? No. It was. Was it more than that or was it less than that? Was it four? That was four. We tied. It wasn't close. We tied the first week. And I just. And then ever since then, you. So you're on like a five week winning streak against me. 
Well, not so fast, my friend. You finally got I me. beat you by a game, but you know, this is good. Because we're both still winners, right? We yeah. both still made money. Absolutely. If people went with your picks, they still came they out still got the paper. in the positive. So it's good that we're both winners, but you know, some winners are more so winners than others. And some winners have more longevity, and they're not just one-offs. Last week, I got the Steelers wrong. But other than that... What, did I get the Steelers right or wrong? So you got the Steelers... I messed with you. You got the Steelers right. <laughs> of course I did. You got the Steelers right. You know, I always get it right. I know. But what you got wrong was Temple against Maryland. That was the one. You gave me Temple and seven points. That, Temple that won, was the one. Temple won straight up, Yeah, baby. that was the one. That, you know, that got me. You know, these, these, these teams... They, these, these, I was feeling too good about myself as college football. I forgot you can't trust these kids. These, <laughs> Yeah, these, these fake good... Power five schools, you know, yeah. like Maryland and Vanderbilt. You don't don't roll into Lincoln Financial Field just thinking you're going to roll over Temple. Temple with the W won that one straight up. The other one where I got moats on was Cardinals Ravens. Ravens uh, he, win, but not by the he points. had the Ravens, but I had 13 points for the Cardinals, and I think the Ravens won by four, four six, yeah. something like that. So I covered. So moats he picked the winner, but he gets the loss there. And then we both had Dallas over Washington. Both had the Bills over the Giants. Three and two for Motsy. Four and one for your boy, the Wild Wild West. <laughs> so, but you know, you're only as good as your last performance. It's time to turn over a new page. Oh, wow. Is that what we're doing now? Week three. Okay. In the National Football League. Week four in college football. Arthur Motes. The Detroit Lions. Mm, okay. They head out to Philadelphia. All right. All right. And I know you like to think, oh, the Eagles, those are your boys. That is your team. How much are they favored by? Six and a half points. Philly six and a half? Six and a half. Wow. And remember, this game's in Philly. So, you know, when you're at home, you always get a... They say, right, Vegas people say that being at home is worth three points. Serious. So, if the Lions and the Eagles were playing on a neutral field, that means three and, three and, and a half. half. Vegas thinks gotcha. they're three, but you get the extra three points for right, home so field advantage. So now Philly's for, for minus 6.5 right now. They are so banged up. I oh, really, don't you know, don't you do it. I don't want to hear it. You got your boy Carson Wentz. I don't want to hear it. Don't All the receivers start, are out. Don't you the start that. Don't hurt. you start that. Nah, bro. I don't want to hear that. Hurt. I don't want to hear none of that. The Eagles win, but not by seven points. They win by oh, three or four. Oh, wow. Like you that. chicken. Give me the Lions in six and a half. You chicken. It should be a rule where you have to pick your team, and Philly is your team. Well, then you got to pick the Patriots every week. Don't do that to me. <laughs> Lions plus six and a half at Lincoln Financial Field against the Eagles. What say you are? You know I was going to pick the Lions. I don't like Philly. I don't like nothing about the Eagles. I don't like Carson Wentz. I feel like Nick Foles is the guy. If Nick Foles is not there, I'm not picking with them. Shout out to my guy, Nigel Brattle. Starting linebacker over there. That's my boy. But other than him and Brandon Graham because he's under six foot and he balls. But other than him, I don't like Philly, man. Nah. You like cheesesteaks? I do. They're pretty good. They are. They're pretty good. Geno's or, or Tony Luke's? Tony Luke's. Ooh. Best place, though, is a place called Woodrow's on South Street. Now, see, I like Max's, though. Max's is good. Gyms? You like gyms? Yeah. Uh, I haven't been to gyms. Ever been to Delisandro's? Yes, I have. That was right around the corner from where Morgan and I lived for about Ooh. three years. Okay. So we frequented that place I a like lot. that. I like Max's. You got to go do when the sun outside, man. Don't go at night. Speaking of good food, you know a city that's pretty well known for their food? Talk about Kansas it. Kansas City and their Ooh. barbecue. I hinted at this earlier. Those Baltimore Ravens, they've looked good so far, but it's been fool's gold. They've played the worst two teams in the National Football League. Very true. The Chiefs, the game's in Baltimore, okay? okay. The Chiefs are only favored by five and a half points. Mm. Chiefs win that one by nine, ten, something like that. So give me the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes to knock the Ravens down a peg. Minus five and a half points, I'll take Ooh. Kansas City. So you going KC. 
Minus five and a half. Oh, man. And I don't like Baltimore. I don't. Five and a half. Oh, man. So that means, you know, the Chiefs could win by four, but if you take Baltimore, you're still good. Yeah, but I think they win by a touchdown at least. That's my issue. So you're with me on that one? I don't want to be, though. Because you like to just go against me I for do, the sake personally, of, yeah. yeah, yeah. Just for the sake of, you yeah. You're on the same side for two of these. Right. That's what I'm just kind of like, uh, I, I'm trying to tuck myself into this Ravens one. I don't like it. Think about even last week. I went, we both were going to go with the Cardinals. And at the last second, I said, you know what? I'm going to go you, Ravens you just because. <laughs> and it ended up costing me. Well, you could do it this week and it could end up, I don't know what they say. You know what they say, though? You always got to uh, stick with your initial, right? That's what you used to always hear, like when you're taking I the I know. And, and, and my initial test, was, I don't like the Ravens. Your initial gut reaction. My initial was, I don't like the Ravens. So period. Where are, you, where are you going? So I'm going to go KC right answer. now. I'm going KC because I don't like the Ravens. But from here on out, I'm picking against you. So don't worry about it. All right. Arthur Motes, tell the people. I know we joke around a lot here. Yeah. Who's really my boy? Besides Neil Brown, the head coach oh, of WVU football. And, and, and you're not talking about TB12 right now. You're talking about the other 12. Mr. A.A. Ron. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. The people's champ. The pay. Two straight weeks. The Packers have not let me down. Why would I back off on them <laughs> now? Uh, they are at home against the Denver Broncos. And I get it. Denver's a team kind of, you know, we've talked about the Steelers. Wounded animal backed into a corner. Uh, but the Packers are favored by a touchdown. Mm, a whole seven points. I... So worst case scenario, I think they win by a touchdown and we push. That that's a tie. Right, right. So give me the Packers and my boy Aaron Rodgers. Well, Minus I like seven. Von Miller. Von Miller rushes the passer. Bradley Chubb rushes the passer. Shout out to Mike Munchak because he was with me in Pittsburgh for a couple of years. Shout out to Joe Flacco because not only is he, you know, he's not elite, but he played in the CAA, and I got my first collegiate sack on him. So shout out to oh, Joe Flacco. Cool, actually. So you know, know that. that's cool. He's the only quarterback I sacked at every team I played for. Sacked him at JMU when he was at Delaware. My first NFL sack with the Buffalo Bills was against Joe Flacco, and then I got him multiple times here with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm gonna have to remember that. That's good for a little Arthur Mudge trivia. Now. Absolutely. So yeah, give me the Broncos, man. I'm going with them. And I'm not picking with you. I think. College so. football bonus game. Uh-oh. Arthur Mutz, let me ask you this. Talk Just, about it. I'm going to put you on the spot here Let's real do quick. It. I ain't so scared of nothing. If you can't, if it doesn't come to you right away, I've no, had no eyelids in three years. In your mind, if I were to say to you, there's a college football coach this year at a big-time program who's really under pressure to have a good year. You, you got a guy in mind? College football coach, big program under pressure. What if I told you he used to coach in the NFL? Hmm, now you got me because I was going to say. Big 10 school. Oh, you're going to. Oh, you're talking about Harbaugh. I was going to talk. I thought you were talking about the guy from Florida State. Uh, oh, that's a good call, yeah, too. Taggart. Uh, Taggart. Willie Taggart. Yep, yeah. yep, that's a good call, too. Michigan. Mm-hmm. It's a make or break year for Jim Harbaugh. It is. Double Those overtime, khakis are getting too tight now. Double baby. overtime at home against Army to escape by the skin of your chinny chin chin. Talk about it. But you know what? Oklahoma did that literally a year ago. They had to take Army to double overtime uh-huh. at home, and they ended talk up in the it. college football talk playoff. It. Talk about it. Michigan is an underdog going to Wisconsin. Wisconsin favored by three. Uh Uh-uh. Michigan and Jim Harbaugh finally start to get it done. Give me the Wolverines plus three rolling into Madison taking on the Badgers. Mm, Not so fast, my friend, in the words of Lee Corso. I cannot. I will not. I will never stand next to a man that wears those type of khakis all the time. <laughs> you don't wear them khakis in Jordans. That is not cool. <laughs> Unacceptable. I don't want to hear it. I can't stand by it. Nah. Only person I like for Michigan is Devin Bush because he's with the Steelers right now. And Brandon Graham because he's under six feet and he balls. But I like Wisconsin. You know why? 
because one of my former teammates, one of my good friends, was an elite level player there, Mr. T.J. Watt. And I can't Watt. go against my dog because that's my brother from another mother from the Watt family. I'm like the Watt's adopted cousin. Brother. I'm telling Devin Bush you like T.J. more than him. I do for right now. <laughs> All so right. You got the Badgers I'm going minus Badgers. three. Let's do it. All right, Arkham I ain't Oates. scared of nothing. Last but not last but certainly not least here, the Pittsburgh Steelers and Ooh. the San Francisco 49ers. All Ooh. right, I'm not superstitious, but I am a little stitious. Oh man! So last it's week, it's not stitious. You just make the same habits. It's, you really, you like. I am a creature of habit. Yeah, you're a creature of habit. Like last week I went first, or sorry, last week you went first. No, in our in our in our Steelers prediction, you went first because oh, right because then remember man. I gave the speech. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So you want me to go first here so that hopefully we can switch up the mojo for the Steelers? I, I, I do, I do. I, I love when you go first. All right. And you know I got to accompany this with a little bit of a, a hype speech, right? Get it to me now. Come so on. it's not as serious as last week, but here's all that I got to say. All right, let's hear it. Things haven't gone the way we thought they would go so far for so the Steelers. Far? On the field and injury report personnel-wise. But a scholar by the name of Mike Tyson once Whoa. said, Everybody's got a plan uh -huh. until they get punched in the mouth. Oh. Uh. The Steelers find themselves punched in the mouth right yeah, now. Yeah, they a little punch drunk. Your future Hall of Fame quarterback is out for the rest of the season. Ouch. You're 0-2. Two, Ouch. Two games off the division lead already. Ouch. It's about how you respond. Oh. Uh. Everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Talk about it. The Steelers' plan has not gone accordingly so far this season. But Knocked you down know six what? six times, get up seven. Let's go. Nothing more dangerous than a wounded animal, then somebody backed into the corner. Oh, yeah. And I'm not saying it's going to be pretty. I'm nah. not saying it's going to be overly impressive. Nah. But just win, baby, to steal a Talk line from it. another West Coast football team. Hey, man, it's all in the Bay. We're all in the Bay. Steelers 27, Ooh. Niners 21. So give me Steelers and the points. They're going to cover. They're going to win straight up. Steelers 27, Ooh. Niners 21. What say you, Motsi? I like, what's the spread for that game, by the way? Steelers are getting six and a half points. The Niners are favored by six and a half. Mm. Niners by six and a half. Oh, that's disrespectful. Low key. Ooh. All right. Uh, you know what? It's one of those days. And I'm feeling it. I'm feeling froggy. Let's leap. I have the Steelers winning as well. I think they get it done. I think that it's a little bit of a low-scoring game, though. I have it at 21-17 to 17, Pittsburgh. Mm. Okay? That's what I'm going with. It's my final answer. <sighs> but hold on, hold on. I'm trying to think, though. How many do we got together? You know what? We've got uh, we one, two, three. We'd be three together, two separate. That's perfect. That works. It'll that work. Works. It works. It works. Roll with that. That's what we're going with. Give me Steelers 21-17 on the road. Make it happen. It's Nova Levi Stadium. It's Steelers Stadium. That'll do it for today's show. If you're going to be out there, Steeler Nation, in San Francisco, come see Arthur Motes. Uh, green, yeah, I'll green, be a green, green lot, lot one. one. Yes, indeed. Right directly across the street from the Levi Stadium. You can catch me out there doing a live recording of the Arthur Mo Show. I'll be out there with Steeler Gang and the Terrible Tailgate. Kid-friendly, family-friendly, food, drinks, music, ton of fun, baby. Don't miss it. And we will be back next week to break it all down. Hopefully, our first victory. I just need to come in here on a Monday and scream, Victory!
Got to have a victory Monday, man. Hopefully Long we'll get, overdue. Hopefully we'll get that here on Monday. Big thanks to uh, to my partner in crime, Arthur Motes. Thanks to everybody who chimed Shout in Shout out to on Wes Twitter. producing the show, man. Killed it on the ones and twos today. Woo! We will talk to you all next week. Same time, same place inside the Electric Factory. High noon on Steelers Nation Radio. It's Steelers Blitz.